Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, you're listening to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio, and I feel like we need a drum roll here. Dusty Rainbow, welcome to the show, Dusty. Oh, thank you, Deb. It's wonderful to be back to visit with you and your audience. Well, we have some behavior questions for you. Okay. First of all, I'm just going to ask you this right out. Sometimes people name their cats such funny things that it's hard to even tell you what they're called. But here we go. Bobbit, the cat. Okay. He, (laughs) He goes squirrely if he's kept inside. And he's a black and white cat. He's four years old. He lives with his mother, like Mama Cat, who is an orange tabby. So we know more about his uh, lineage than we normally do. He's neutered and and he's an indoor-outdoor cat because if she keeps him inside, he goes crazy. But he will disappear for days on end. And she's pretty sure some of their family adopts him when this happens. What can she do about it? Well, it depends on her circumstance, which, of course, she hasn't really defined. But if she has a yard, I would recommend a cat fence. Uh, You can get a a number of different styles of cat fence. It fits on top of your regular yard fence. As long as the, the fence is intact, especially at the base, then these cat fences will keep Kitty in. He gets to be outside. He gets to sniff the fresh air and, you know, go after grasshoppers and and be a cat and not leave the yard. And I've had one for 25 years. I love it. I think that that's one of the reasons why I can have a multi-cat household is because they get to go out and, and be cats and get stimulation and exercise. And if that's not possible, exercise is the big deal. Mental stimulation, games, uh, get the cat toy out and exercise him two or three times a day for 10 minutes till he's just exhausted. See, I think I'd be more curious. I'd want to know who this other family is. I'd be writing a little note and attaching it to his collar. And, you know, because I did that years ago with a cat of mine. And it turns out we both thought we owned him. And actually, they did it. They sent me a note saying, thank you for neutering our cat. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I was quite shocked because I had adopted him and paid for him and neutered him and vaccinated him. And apparently this, this house literally two doors away had thought he was astray and taken him in. And so we were sharing the cat. But in this case, I'd want to know. I'd really want to know. And then I don't know, maybe it's not so bad that he has two houses. Do you think it's so bad? Well, we had a a similar situation. We went through a period where two of our cats uh, were able to escape the cat fence. So you have to be diligent and monitor them. Okay. One of them disappeared for about three weeks. And I took the information that is in my book, Finding Your Lost Cat, and did the special signs. And within 16 hours, a guy called and said, hey, I'm looking at your cat. But I'm pretty sure we were time sharing as well, but I just wanted her back and we were able to get her in the house and get the fence fixed and she hasn't been able to get out since. Okay. So yeah, I, you know, I I don't care. I just want to know that she's in the house and she's not going to get hit by a car or injured by a dog. And I 
I don't know if you can hear all that noise in the background, but that is Jeffy helping himself to, uh, uh, well, he's, he's helping himself to some envelopes. So <laughs> all over the. the okay. Office. Okay. So why are cats fascinated with paper? I have this too. If I leave a few pieces of paper, maybe I'm preparing for a show and I have a few things from the news and some sheets of paper lying on a surface somewhere, they'll come chew the edges. They love that notebook, you know, with the spirals when you pull the sheet off and it leaves the little edges. What's with paper and cats? Why are they eating paper? You know, I can't read cat minds and <laughs> I have no idea. I do know that there's nothing better than a uh, crumpled up piece of paper as a ball. Oh my God, it's the best. It makes noises, it rolls, it does all that stuff. But you know, who knows? Is it the smell? Is it the little dangly things from the spiral that you've pulled off? They're just weird little animals. <laughs> they probably wonder why we like some of the things we like. So. <laughs> That's true. Well, I know Isaac Newton is often credited with inventing the cat door because apparently he was fed up with, let me in, let me out, let me in, let me out, <laughs> while he was trying to concentrate. So it's necessary to have one, right? If you're going to do this yard thing in the fence, unless you're 100% out with your cat the whole time, you go to take a phone call or whatever, you bring it in because something could get into the yard and then your cat's really got nowhere to escape if it doesn't have a cat door back inside, wouldn't you say? Well, absolutely. Yes, we do have a cat door. And in the 25 years that we've lived here with uh, the cat fence, we've only had two times that other animals have come in. One time we had a raccoon. It was right after a tornado and the raccoon was kind of not himself and he came in the house. And then we had uh, another uh, neighbor cat. But if you get the right kind of cat fence, that's generally not going to be a problem because it prevents animals from coming in as well as out. Of course, it's not going to help the squirrels, but... Uh, and there's exceptions like trees they can climb and, and ways they can get in and jump over. And yeah. it depends what predator you're talking about because we are worldwide. So like I'm thinking of <laughs> in my neighborhood, we have bears and cougars. Cougars love to eat cats. So, right. you know, they're not, none of this is going to deter them from getting in there. You want your cat to be able to escape fast. And there are cat doors that are sensitive to a collar. So only an animal wearing that specific collar can enter the cat door. So that eliminates your neighbor's cat from getting in there or the raccoon, which is very helpful because you don't want a raccoon in your house. No, definitely not. Okay, so we're going to go to break and come back and talk to Dusty Rainbow, the cat wrangler, the author of Kittens for Dummies, and so many more books, including the new release of Those Cats. We'll be talking to Dusty Rainbow on Animal Party Pet Life Radio. Stay tuned. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. 
Hello, we're back on Animal Party on Pat Life Radio with Dusty Rainbolt, my guest, the cat wrangler herself. So, okay, got another question sent in. This lady has four cats. Actually, it's five. Four that get along and one that doesn't. And she wants to know how she can help the one cat that doesn't learn to get along with the other four. And one of the four is a sister of the cat that doesn't get along with everybody, if that's helpful at all. Well, okay. So again, we don't have all the details and uh, the, the devil is in the details. I do actually have a very, very long email from this lady. So if you tell me what you need to know, I might be able to sift it out. <laughs> I'm going to make some assumptions and uh, it's good information for everybody. And if this is not, you know, helpful in this situation, the, then we'll the go two, from there. Um, the two sister cats are older than the other four, but three came together. Anyway, bunch of cats, young cats, two that are about five. And one gets along with everyone now. She actually thanks you for the touch face trick. So we'll talk about that in a second. She said, because the two sisters weren't getting along with any of the new cats and now they do. The one, one does, but it didn't work on the other sister. So touching her face and touching the cat she hates and spreading their scents back and forth, like you told her, worked with one of the sisters. Now she's part of the colony, but there's still one outcast. Well, and we don't know why she's an outcast. Uh, one thing that she might want to do is take the, the outcast to the vet because sometimes uh, they're outcasts for reason. Uh, the, the other cats may detect a, an infection or illness or whatever. That's, that's a possibility. I had one client, uh, she took the cat to the vet when the, the other cats would attack her. And uh, she discovered the pattern of uh, the, the girl cat needed to have her anal glands expressed whenever that would happen. So, but I think one of the most important things when you have multiple cats, whether you have two or 20, is to make sure there's territory for everybody. And um, that um, if you have five cats, you need at least six litter boxes. And the litter boxes need to be spread out throughout the house because if you have six litter boxes side by side, that means if you have a dominant cat who doesn't feel like sharing, then this poor cat who is bullied isn't going to have access to the litter box. You also want to have food spread out throughout the house because the bullies can't protect everything in different places at the same time. And water too. And, sure. uh, yeah, food and water. And, and don't put those next to the, the litter box because nobody wants to eat in the bathroom. No, no. I discovered that when I was nursing my children. Like, why <laughs> do I have to nurse a child in a stinky public bathroom? It's disgusting. They don't want to yeah. eat in the bathroom. Yeah. Exactly. You know, the anal glands make sense, though, because, you know, people are thinking, well, why would the cats be mean to the cat if it was sick? Well, if its anal glands are blocked, it's giving off wrong messages. Uh, attack messages, fear messages, all kinds of stuff that comes with scenting. So that would make sense. In a dog pack, a dog, like a family with multiple dogs, you might not get the same reaction. If they truly love each other, they wouldn't necessarily avoid or pick on the sick member. They might groom it. They might give it a lot of attention and care. So it would almost be an opposite reaction that you'd have to recognize. And it kind of makes me wonder, like, don't cats really love each other? Like, wouldn't they support each other? When one is sick, I mean, I've seen that here when a cat gets old and other cats will sort of cuddle it at night, to keep it warm and things like that. Well, I think that that's true. I mean, my goodness, I've had cats that were 
wonderful caretakers of elderly and sick cats. But you have to remember, cats are so much closer to being a wild animal. They domesticated themselves. And so, you know, we have bred dogs to be friendly and to do all these things. Well, you know, cats are still just really close to those wild animals that that joined us 10,000 years ago. So it's a survival mechanism. You don't want to be around sick animals because, you know, you don't want to get sick. So my thought is that, you know, we just, we have to take care of ourselves in the wild because nobody else is going to do it for us. The cat's thinking that is. Well, and there are exceptions to this. Like if, when I used to take care of this golden retriever kennel that I, I looked after, there was an epileptic dog and he could never be left unsupervised with other dogs because if he had a seizure, they might attack him. Right. Which, exactly. you know, you, but it's a bunch of things. It's not just that he's sick. It's that he's sending off crazy messages. The others right. don't know how to react. So that never happened. And he was fine. He lived a long life. His name was Jake. But Still, you know, you kind of think, well, that's terrible, but not from an animal point of view, it isn't. You know, they, they're probably sending off electrical signals of some kind that aren't normal uh, when they're having seizures. There are probably scent changes in scent. There are fear pheromones. There's just all kinds of things going on. So, but, but getting back to this lady's situation, mm -hmm. there are a couple other things I would do. I would, I would. Keep this cat away from the group. We had a situation very similar. And I put a screen door on my office. And then that way, the scents are going back and forth. And I also put um, feel away, a feel-away plug-in in the room. So he's uh, constantly smelling these friendly pheromones that, you know, say it's okay to be around other cats. And um, so because the cats could smell each other, uh, but they would also see that there was no threat because he's out, you know, he's, he's behind the screen door. And eventually they got used to each other and we very seldom have problems now. See, okay, in my house, screen, screen doors are favorite things to be shredded. I think I would go with the half screen. So the bottom's metal because I think that people might buy a screen and have it just well, shredded. We actually bought a screen door that has a hard metal grill. It's designed for dogs. And uh -huh. so halfway okay. up the screen, Perfect. Uh, the, the, you've got this metal grate. And uh, it's pretty tough. And the, the cats really haven't been interested in, in uh, tearing it up. So keep their nails trimmed. and. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to go to another break and we'll be back with Dusty Rainbow on Animal Party Pet Life Radio. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. 
Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Hello, we're back on Animal Party on Fat Life Radio. And me, Deb Wolf, and my favorite cat expert, Dusty Rainbolt. And I want to talk about Feel Away, because I've had dramatic results with that. I know you just mentioned it. And it seems kind of hokey, and it seems kind of expensive. And you think, well, is this really going to work? Is this worth the $30 or $50 investment to get the thing that you plug into the wall and then the refills, and, and then they run out and you have to refill it? But actually... It's a godsend. So I don't know. Have you found great luck with this thing like I have? Oh, I love Feel Away. My cats love Feel Away. Uh, it's funny because at the end, uh, the, the plug-in is supposed to be good for a month. I don't pay attention to, you know, where it is in the month. But I can tell by the, the way that the, the cats react to each other, whether it's time to replace it or not. It's basically a synthetic facial pheromone. And cats produce pheromones all over their bodies. They have facial pheromones that are the friendly pheromones. Like when the cat bumps up against you or uh, rubs between your legs and he's depositing these friendly scents on you. Or he may, you know, head bump his buddies. It's a peace, love, I want to be your friend. Okay, then there are alarm pheromones that are in the paws. And uh, those pheromones happen when they're scratching. And that's a a warning to other cats. Oops, you know, I smelled uh, a big dog in this area. That's why they, one of the reasons they scratch on trees and and vertical objects. And then there are the uh, anal pheromones that are not, those are unfriendly pheromones and dominant pheromones. But anyway, so these pheromones in the face, there's an analog and they've created these synthetic pheromones and the cat can't tell the difference between their own personal scent and the synthetic scent. So if you have the the plug-in and the whole room smells like this, it's very relaxing. It makes them feel safe and uh, it's just, it's amazing. It's, It's miraculous. I've had great results with it, especially when I'm rescuing cats or there's foster cats coming in and out and I want my rest of my cats to just be chill while this happens in a different area. I'll plug one in in the hall near where the new cats are and and, uh, the older cats that are residents will just not even bother with it. They're just so content, like you say. Um, But okay, so this brings me to something. I often think cats might be smarter than dogs, maybe. And, you know, there's a cat in Australia, the record holder, she did 24 tricks in one minute. So, I mean, maybe, right? Maybe cats are smarter than dogs, I sometimes think. But then when I do your trick where you rub your cat's face, the two enemy cats, and then you rub the other one's face and you go back and forth, back and forth until they each smell like the other and they become friends and they think that they each are the other and they get so confused that they love each other. Okay, that makes me think maybe cats aren't smarter than dogs, because if you did that with a dog, if you took the scent of a cat and you rubbed it on his face, he would hunt that cat. (laughs) And it wouldn't trick him at all. He wouldn't think, oh, that's me. No, you could take a scent of another dog and rub it on his face, and he still wouldn't understand. He would look for that dog. He would not understand why or get confused at all about his scent and their scent and who's who and not at all. So how can you explain this difference? It's so striking. It is striking. And to be honest, I don't know enough about dog 
scent and dog pheromones. But as I just said a minute ago, cats have different pheromones in different parts of their body. And so if you're rubbing the head and getting the friendly pheromones, then it's friendly, it's uh, comforting, it's non-threatening. But I mean, if you rub his bottom and then put that on another cat, that's a whole different story. So I don't know if dogs have different alerts, uh, pheromones or not. Yeah, they do. They do with it, but they, they still would not think, oh, that's not me. That's me. That's, but that's us. No, they, <laughs> they would still clearly know I'm me. You're you. That's another dog. That's a cat. They, you know, but they would never get confused about the smell of themselves and another. Well, that, there's, that just, also, there's also the fragrance for lack of better word. I guess there are better words, but anyway, uh, so the, there's a clouder scent. And if you have four cats and they're all rubbing up against each other, then they all, their scents are mingled. And so when you bring somebody in, somebody new or new foster or whatever, or if you take someone to the vet and bring them back, their scent is changed. They're not part of this corporate clouder. And that was actually one of the problems we had with my husband's cat, Fluffy, because she would escape the yard for four or five days and come back and, you know, <laughs> our, our timeshare cat with a, another family. And Jeffy, the new boy, would go after her because she no longer smelled like she belonged. Right. Or, or, or when they come back from the vet sometimes. Exactly. If so, they've been overnight, especially, they smell like some weird place and maybe some fear and maybe some pain. And oh, no, no, you're not our cat. And we surgery, don't know you. You know, all the chemicals they use on you in surgery. And so, and what do you know, do? I mean, I bathe the cat while it's still drugged. <laughs> well, you know what? That's I, a good plan. I don't think you need to, to do that. I think the, the better thing is just isolate the cat for as long as you need to. I mean, it might be just a couple hours till he takes a good bath and he smells like him again. Or, uh, you know, especially if he's had to have some kind of procedure, maybe you need to isolate him for a couple of days, you know? Could you take bedding, for example, like a blanket and um, switch them back and forth so that your cat that just came back from the vet is sitting in a blanket that the other cats have been in and vice versa, back and forth. I think that, that I would do that. I, I think that's very helpful. But again, I wouldn't rush it. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, unless you have absolutely no room and you have to, but you know, you're going to have a bathroom. But yeah, just give him a chance to smell like himself. The, the blanket is a great idea. He's getting the scent of the other cats back. And, uh, you know, if he's had to be under anesthesia, he may, his actual physical self, not the, just his fur, but his body may smell different. So, you know, you may want to let him rest for 24 hours and, and work off those drugs that were in his system. And then, then, you know, if nothing else, just open the door a little bit, give everybody a treat. And, uh, that usually works pretty well. Of course, there are always exceptions. <laughs> That's true, especially with cats. Okay, so we're going to go to break, and we'll be back with Bestie Rainbow on Animal Party Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. 
Pet Life Radio and iHeart Radio. Positively possum. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Hello, we're back on Animal Party on Bat Life Radio. And I know that sometimes people call a group of cats a colony, and sometimes a clowder, and sometimes a clutter, and sometimes a glaring, which I think is interesting because cats don't need to blink. So that's kind of appropriate, isn't it, Dusty? It totally is. (laughs) And a group of kittens is called a kennel. (laughs) Oh, I like that. Oh, I'm writing that down. And that helps remind you, do not leave kittens around candles that are lit because they will play with flame. No, not not candle, kindle. Kindle, I know, but still, oh, okay. <laughs> they will kindle your house. They yes. Kindle, they will kindle your house. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I come across something on the internet and and sometimes it's it's accurate and sometimes it's really wrong and sometimes it's half the story so here's one that's half the story it's talking about cat behavior and and cat body language and it's it's correct but it fails to give a very key warning it says if your cat approaches you with a straight almost vibrating tail it means that your cat is happy well okay that's true but it also means he's about to spray most likely wouldn't you say I mean, shouldn't that come with a little bit of a warning about what's going on behind the cat? Well, yes and no. Uh, You know, there's the the faux spray and uh, sometimes cats are next to a wall and and they do the faux spray. It looks just like a regular spray position and nothing comes out. Other times they just wiggle that tail when they're excited. That's true. That's true. It can false alarm. It depends. And it does depend how serious it seems and how many passes they do. And yeah, look behind them, see what's going on. So the secret is, I mean, it's like a human. We look at another person's face to decide what they're thinking. And they're smiling, right? Okay, so people smile, but that doesn't mean that they're happy. Now, you also look at the eyebrows. You look at the crossed arms. You look at a lot of different. Yeah, aspects. are they standing still? Are they pacing? Exactly. Are they, are they moving their hands in any way? Are they biting their nails? Are they fiddling with something? Like there's so many other tip offs. So if the cat is approaching you with the tail up and he's kind of wiggling and he's not next to, say, a, usually when they spray, they spray on a vertical surface nearby. They back up and they they spray like that. But if he's just walking up to you and his tail is quivering and his ears are forward and his whiskers are forward and his eyes look happy and they're looking at you, then it's likely not going to be a marking situation. If he's looking at you and he's backing up to the wall and his tail is quivering, then it's time to get the uh, uh, <laughs> the carpet cleaner out and make sure you clean the entire the height of the wall that he could have reached. <laughs> and not just clean, clean, then vinegar it, and then use some kind of special product that's made for getting rid of urine because otherwise he will still smell it and come back. Absolutely. And if this is a new behavior, it's probably because a different cat scented it first. Maybe you had a visitor. That's true. But I've also, it's been my observation that if cats uh, suddenly start marking, they may need to go to the vet. That's true. 
uh, frequently the stress of illness, whether the illness is uh, dental pain or internal pain or whatever, discomfort, sometimes that will cause them to mark. So if it's a new behavior, take them to the vet, any new behavior. Yeah, yeah, that's so important. You want to rule out the physical first before you waste your time and energy on something your cat can't fix if he's sick. What do you think about that litter that tells you by the, you know, if you've got a cat that's acting strangely and you want to know what kind of problem, does that litter help the one with the, the different colors? I have mixed feelings about that. I, okay. I think it's important to know if your your cat, if there's blood in the urine, because if there is blood in the urine, we definitely need to go to the vet. It's either likely either a bladder infection or uh, it could be inflammation as a result of stress. Either way, we need to get them on pain control and deal with the, the cause of it. But the ones that are strictly pH, I don't think those are effective at all because a lot of things can affect pH. The food can affect pH. The stress levels can affect pH. So I would just monitor them. And if you use like a, a white litter, you might be able to see if there's blood, a trace of blood in it. Oh, that's a good tip. Okay. So we talked a little bit about the fact that uh, some body language with cats. And one thing I, I learned from you years ago was how to say hi to a cat. And uh, so we said in the show that cats don't need to blink. That is true, but they will blink. They will close their eyes and hold it for a second or two and then open them again if they like you. And so if you come into a room with a cat that you like, try doing that. And chances are the cat will do it back. And now you've said hello to your cat. And I think it's very interesting because it's a very primitive, I'm trusting you enough to close my eyes in your presence kind of a situation. And uh, dogs will do it too, but not in greeting. It's much, much further along in the relationship that dogs will do that. And further along in the meeting, you know, they meet and they, they greet each other and they have some more rituals before they'll actually go bum to bum or back to back, which is kind of, I trust you enough to give you my back. And they'll often right before that do a closed eye face on face, just quick check in. Like, do you trust me? Yeah, I trust you. Okay. Back to back. <laughs> and uh, you watch that way. I watch this way. Got it. Good. Got it. You know, so I want to thank you for all the tips you've given me over the years. And to let listeners know, if you want to know about cat behavior, if you want to know how to tell the bully from the victim or how to figure out all kinds of things about reading your cats. You can scroll back over our old shows and just find any show with Dusty Rainbow that I've done. And you'll be learning so much about cat behavior and things like that cats have timeshare. They don't just timeshare people, they timeshare places in your house. So a spot in your house will be very valuable and worth fighting over when the sun is shining on it, but not valuable at all at a different time of day. All kinds of stuff like that Dusty's taught me over the years that you'll be able to hear from our past shows. So please take advantage of that at Animal Party Pet Life Radio. And if you're interested in dogs, I will be doing some dog shows coming up. And uh, you can always check in at the dogs at Camp Good Dog on Facebook, Camp Good Dog. And we have YouTube as well and Instagram, Dub Wolf Pet Expert on YouTube. And that's where you'll see me demonstrating with dogs mostly, but some cats, all kinds of tips and training tips and, and some great videos. And uh, we post video all the time on Instagram as well. So 
Come to Camp Good Dog Facebook and you can find the rest or go to Deb Wolf Pet Expert on YouTube if if that's what you like. And uh, you can see Doodle and Poodle puppies playing on the farm, which is everybody's favorite. We get so many likes for that. Okay, so thank you, Dusty. I think I may have to take you up on um, making a squeaky toy that uh, only cats can hear. What do you think? I'm there. I, you know, I, I think we need to figure out how to make that little squeaky thing. And I think we'd sell a bunch of them. <laughs> and we got to go with mouse because we don't want to be teaching cats to, to chase birds. We got to go either bug or mouse. I don't know what you, we could do both. We could have a spider and we could have a mouse. Yep. I agree. Let's do this. And maybe we could connect the spider because it's so creepy and it kind of relates. Somehow we could maybe give give a spider away with a ghost cat book sold at special on a special offer or something like that. We could work it in. I think that is the best. Uh, let's like let's do it. <laughs> let's okay. Do it. All right, everybody. So we've been talking to Dusty Rainbow, and she's the author of Cat Wrangling Made Easy, which is a must for anyone with many, many cats. And, and that's like more than two. And then also Kittens for Dummies and so many other books, including the latest re-release of Ghost Cats, just in time for Halloween. So check that out. Thank you for joining me, Dusty. Well, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk with you and your, your listeners. And uh, I wish you a, a, happy, a happy autumn, a happy Halloween. It's still a little ways off, but looking forward to our next conversation. Oh, me too. Thank you so much, Dusty. All right, everybody from Dab Wolf, that's me, and Animal Party and Pet Life Radio and Dusty Ray Wolf, be good to your animals. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.